Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis. Back to that tried and tested old intro, and I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. 48 hours removed from the Rumble. Have you recovered yet? Uh, yeah, I got I got up at a decent hour. I had 10 and a half hours sleep last night. Bloody hell. Uh, I, got, I ordered the Domino's to arrive at 5 p.m., nosh that bad boy off, while watching a film that put me into a deep, deep sleep called Oblivion, starring Tom Cruise. I was going to say, so you didn't go with my recommendation then of watching Demolition Man. No, I wanted something in the sort of comfort wheelhouse. And for me, that is sci-fi action. Like, I can just put it on and it, I love it. Like like Demolition Man. Come on, it, it can't be good. It can't be something <laughs> I have to... Like, it needs to be very straight-laced and it can't have... Yeah, you know what I mean. It I can't be a good yeah, movie. What's your no, game do? Um, what is my good to? I mean, to be honest, it's usually Ghostbusters because I've seen it like so many times, and I've you know I can do the film verbatim like that. Or like Transformers the movie is a film that I can just, also because it's an hour as well. Like that's quite a quick watch. And again, I could do the movie verbatim anyway. As we know, if Transformers the animated movie was longer, it would have been in contention for the Best Picture Oscar that year. Oh yeah, and unfortunately, but by Academy standards, it's a short. Uh, what, so it would be a film you've already seen, the comfort yeah. of that, rather than That's a genre. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, I tend to go for comfort if it's something that I have seen plenty of times before. Like, so if I'm working sometimes and I want to put a movie on, like in the background, like, you know, if I haven't got a podcast, or, I, I kind of struggle with podcasts a little bit because um, and this is usually for when I'm editing things. Like if I've got like a big edit project when I'm doing like under consultation or something like that, and just a little film in the background. Sometimes I just throw the Simpsons on and just have the Simpsons running on Disney plus just in the background every now and again, just tapping it to play the next episode because Disney plus is functionality. Of oh, playing God. the next episode. God, it's a nightmare, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's first world problems like, but 
sort it out, lads. What are you playing at? Not once has the most recent episode of One Division been waiting for me. It's no, always it's I'm the, always midway through. Watching. Yeah, it thinks you're still watching because you haven't watched all the credits. So it still oh. thinks you're watching last week's episode. I did an experiment. Also because at the end of this week's, you know, the most recent one, episode four, which was brilliant, should have happened a couple of episodes sooner, but it's happened and that's good. Um, it had eight minutes left after yeah. the after the end of the episode. So it was, you know, it goes into the credits. And I'm like, this isn't my first rodeo Marvel. And I watch Raw every week. And I know if a match starts with three minutes left on the episode, there's going to be a screw finish. And with Marvel, I know there's going to be a P creds. I sat through every freaking different countries overdub artist credits to find there was nothing. There was just a legit seven minutes of people to thank. Yeah, because the show has like the in-show credits and then it has the proper credits and then it has all like the uh, black screen with white text credits. And when you get into like all of the dubbing sections, that is when Disney Plus is like, do you want to watch the next episode? It's like, yeah, I wanted to watch it six minutes ago. What are we, what are you waiting for? Yeah, that they've, that they've seen the sort of attendance figures. I bet, you know, we could do the same. They've looked at the analytics. People are staying and watching through the credits for Marvel movies. And they've looked at that and gone, people love credits. <laughs> <laughs> just just give them more credits. That's give what they're the people what they want. You know, the Lego movie 2, and there's that fantastic end credits song by The Lonely Island about how good the, the credits are. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my favourite part of the film. And he's like, Adam Andy Sandberg rapping about how he can't wait to see who best boy number two was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like I'll put on like The Simpsons or I'll just put on like a movie that I've seen 20 billion times. So it's just, you know, it's just there. It's off often art. A goofy movie, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, um, <clears throat> Mighty Ducks, that sort of thing. I can't do stuff in the background. I can't like even Simpsons, which I've seen countless times those first 10 or so series. I, I get sucked in. It's my it's my tunnel vision nature. Mm. The type A personality. I don't. I think that's a separate self improvement book that I read. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are different factors. Uh, but hey, I I have got you know it's it's Rumble season. Well, mm. well, Rumble's past. Have you seen the huge return that happened in the spirit of the Royal Rumble season? No, I received. But two hours ago, I received a message from the headmaster, Patreon pledgehammer headmaster, saying, "Have you seen what's on Spotify?" And I was like, "Well, uh, the Beatles. I don't know what you know. A new artist, freaking Weezer, have a new album out. Just dropped. No, have they really? It's called OK Human, Exit. which." You'd imagine to be playing off of OK Computer, the famous mid '90s Radiohead album. Literally going to be my next question. My follow-up question was: Is it also just OK? I have what I've watched. I've listened to eleven of the twelve tracks, and each track I've gone, "This ain't bad." And you know what? I think what the first—it's very string-heavy. They haven't got away from that horribly overly produced sort of good, like drum riff that they always have. But 
I think they're like doing an anti-electro album. <laughs> <laughs> so it is like a Radiohead thing then. Mm. And there's been a few like, you know, there's, there's a, a one minute 17 track. There's a 24 second track of just like Rivers on a Piano. So I'm I'm very excited to listen to it all over again. It's like but a yeah. countermass album. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, that's I'll I'll step away from my '90s classics playlist that I've been mm. really. I was actually just listening to some placebo uh, before we started recording this. But Nancy boy. Great little tune that. Uh, just lastly as well, uh, before we get into the show itself, last night in bed by eight. Um, my wife and I, because like my wife did not sleep on Sunday night particularly well because I was being quote too loud. Um, <laughs> she said, "She goes, if you are going to watch a show again, can you not just constantly shout um, a boot in the face?" Because <laughs> that's what. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good though. That was for Ripley, right? It was when Ripley came yeah. in and just started booting everyone in the face. I was like, "Boot in the face." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, never do that again. So she didn't sleep particularly well on Sunday night. So we watched mm. an episode of Buffy. And then I said, hey, should we just go and watch the next episode in bed on the iPad? And she was like, yeah, let's do that. That'd be amazing. So we got upstairs, 8 o'clock, 8 p.m., got into bed, got all snuggled up, watching the episode. I was nearly falling asleep watching it. Do like, I, think... actually, I, I nearly missed the ending. Do you think when you propose that to your lady partner, when you turn over to her and say, hey... Should we finish the next episode of Buffy in the bedroom? And mm. she's like, "Oh, oh, okay, uh, yes, let's let's go up there right now." And then you're asleep in half an hour. Yeah. Did you oh, get yeah. did, did you get crossed wires there? No, because I mean, she was falling asleep before I was. We were both very <laughs> very tired. Uh, anyway, right. Let's get on with the raw review. Here is the show. Gangs of New Seamus has turned heel on Drew McIntyre. You know, that storyline, that bubbling frustration in a friendship that's been going since about October. Yeah, it was just just sort of is over now yeah. in the face of one opening segment on Raw. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. This podcast is sponsored by beer. What other wrestling podcasts are sponsored by beer? That's amazing. And you can get free beer. We're giving you free beer. If you go to the link in the video description below, wrestletalk.com forward slash, wait, beer52.com forward slash wrestletalk. And UK viewers only get a free case of eight craft beers. Om nom 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 nom. I will be tucking into this oatmeal stout in about 15 minutes. Mm. Oh, it is good. It is good, mate. But first off, let's talk about the main topic, one of one of quite a few main topics, actually. It was a very newsworthy episode. This kind of is unofficially the kickoff to the road to WrestleMania. Royal Rumble embarks us on this journey. Uh, it's the post-Royal Rumble episode. And as uh, Wrestling Observer Radio pointed out, the first segment, the opening segment, is going to be the most one of the most watched parts of the entire year on WWE programming because you've got mm -hmm. that rumble bump and most people tune in for the first hour, then they steadily drop off because Raw's too goddamn long. Oh, yeah. 
So WWE front-loaded that with Drew McIntyre coming out for a promo. He was interrupted by Edge. Edge cut a promo about how he might choose Drew McIntyre to face at WrestleMania, but looks like, reportedly, he's going to go the other way, have a battle of the spears with Roman Reigns. He left being like, well, I'll let you know. You'll know when I know. I'm the ultimate opportunist, as if... He won the Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't think he knows how the Rumble shot works. And then Sheamus comes in and is kind of there to defend Drew, but just bro kicks him. And there you go. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I wrote in my notes when this happened, Sheamus turns heel on Drew. Oh, that's a shame. Mm. Because, like, it, it, we all, we're all expecting it's right. It's a shameful thing. Um, I mean, we were all expecting this to happen. Like, this was bound to happen this as soon as they were playing up like the i'm his best friend and i've been his best friend for 20 plus that was a perfect shameless impersonation he hasn't just joined the show it's just me doing the voice um it, he's like we've been like cool and then he'll turn heel and that will be a ww championship program and it'll probably be great because he's doing some great work at the moment but when Seamus came down to defend drew mcintyre and he's looking at edge and be like how dare you that man is the WWE champion. That man is my best friend. How dare you speak to him that way? I was like, I love this partnership. And I cannot wait to just like build on this friendship even more until we build to the Sheamus turn. And then, nope, he just turned heel. And I was like, ah. Like this to me feels like, especially if uh, they're doing Edge Roman, which certainly feels like it's the direction because this felt like Edge's swan song to Raw, like putting Randy Orton behind him then I would have almost savored the, the Drew Sheamus thing and done that as your mania program as opposed to your fast lane program. With that said, going by WWE's booking standards, it probably can be the WrestleMania program. It'll just be the fifth match they have rather than the first one. Yeah, I in terms of whether this feud that's now started will last multiple pay-per-views, I don't know. I, I certainly... It's difficult because Sheamus and Drew has been one of my favorite bubbling away sub-narratives on Raw. Uh, they've, they've been friends, they've fought, they've been friends, but they've always had this respect between them. And I, I, we had a super chat in yesterday, a hyper chat in yesterday on the Rumble one, being like, oh, just, I, I want to see Sheamus versus Drew at Mania. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to see that match. But, you know, when you look at the WrestleMania main event traditions for the WWE Championship, Drew versus Sheamus, unfortunately, just doesn't have that main event ring to it. So this, to me, feels like, I don't know, maybe even a fast lane match. You know, you have Sheamus as one of many in an elimination chamber bout, potentially. Or maybe it's just Drew and Sheamus on the chamber pay-per-view, which is only two episodes of Raw away, folks. The pay-per-views come thick and fast this time of the year. So, yeah, it's... The but you could I would argue, because I agree with you, I and I do completely agree with you, like he doesn't feel like a main eventer now, but you could have spent the next few months building that, you know, because he hasn't had like a lot of singles wins under his belt. Like he beat Morrison, but then lost to Miz and Morrison in a handicap tag match. Don't do that sort of thing. Spend these next three months building him and building him and building him. So he as a character is just like, I'm earning my WWE championship shot, but it's not coming to me and i still haven't had one and that's what triggers the heel turn to mm -hmm. like you know in the month before wrestlemania right so then it does sort of feel like it is a guy who's on this hot winning streak now going up against this champion who cannot be beaten and basically outside of you know one or two matches hasn't been beaten since wrestlemania 
And that, for me, probably would have felt like a big time WrestleMania match. <laughs> yeah, and you you can, it's a two night WrestleMania. You can have other big ones. You know, when I say big, I mean big in Vince McMahon's mind. So usually, someone who is about fifty years old or above comes back for a match. But yeah, I, I yeah, maybe you could have stretched out Drew and Sheamus and had it as one of those kinds of programs. But I guess what we're all disappointed with this is quite universal from what me and you think and the reaction I've seen online is this is just such a limp way of doing it. It's the opening segment, which granted is the most watched segment, but it, it always gets lost in the shuffle if it doesn't come at the end of the show. You know, that sort of third hour cliffhanger ending, it just feels a lot more impactful because of the weight of where it's been positioned. But it wasn't that. It was the end of the opening and it was just just Seamus just decided to kick Drew in the head. He didn't cost him anything. There's not much to separate Seamus's actions here from previous friendly brawls Drew and him have had in the past. So yeah. I, I, I'm just struggling to get on board with the level of emotion that McIntyre suddenly used later on in a promo to Caruso alert backstage where he's borderline crying. And, and like, you know, bless the guy. He's trying to do the the best with what he's been given, which is get over an emotional angle to this feud. But he's swimming uphill. Yeah, I know. And it, but I, yeah, I, I think there's needed more time behind it to like make the heel turn mean I, something. I disagree. I think they, they've had four or five months behind it. I think what you need is a better angle. Well, but this yeah, was a good angle. Good. Yeah, maybe there's that as well because it was just you know one bro kick and that was it. it wasn't like a vicious beatdown. Just hit his move, and as you say, like they've had backstage scuffles. Like we thought that there was one point where Sheamus had turned heel because they were just beating ten bells out of each other backstage and had to be pulled apart by I think it was Adam Pierce and they put Adam Pierce through the table and all that sort of stuff, drinking kegs and whatnot. So yeah, I think you're, you're right. I would agree with you on that as well. That maybe this just needs like a big hot angle to kind of like cement this heel turn as opposed to just one move that was at the end of an edge segment to capitalize and to like make this feel like a big time turn. Yeah, I'd, I was trying to think of ways to do it in my head. Maybe have Drew out on commentary for the main event. I think that works because of his history with Orton and the possibility that Edge might fight fight him for the title at Mania. And then, you know, Sheamus can somehow get involved in that, like be like, why are you, why are these guys getting opportunities ahead of me? I'm meant to be Problem. late. Problem there, Davis, is that main event was all about Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Where were you at? Like Edge, ah. wasn't, Edge wasn't supposed to be there. This was all about Randy Orton and Bliss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast, just letting you know that the video versions of the WrestleTalk podcast is now on a new and exclusive home. If you've been watching the WrestleTalk podcast video version uh, for the last four years, you'll have known it was on WrestleTalk, but because of YouTube algorithms and uploads and blah blah views etc etc we've been instructed by some very very smart intelligent algorithm boffins that our uploads are kind of like they're butchering some of the plays so what we've done is we've now moved the rest talk podcast off of wrestle talk and are putting it on an exclusive youtube home wrestle talk podcast nothing else is changing you're still going to get your pay-per-view reviews raw aew smackdown the magazine show with myself and denise if you do watch the video version of these podcasts by the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, it will only be available to find on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Don't go to WrestleTalk, you'll only find the WrestleTalk news there. WrestleTalk podcast channel. But if you just search for WrestleTalk podcast, you should still be able to find it. That's all from me. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the show. Well, shall we see what you guys think on the Ultra Chats? Uh, Indeed. Get all of your Ultra Chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We will answer every single one of them before the end of the show. Reese Johnson says, Afternoon, lads. Hope you both well. Raw was another bore for me. Nothing seems to progress. Just the same show each week. Think they've dropped the ball on the Seamus turn. They could have had a better build up to it than that. I'm going to disagree. I actually felt that this felt like some stuff was actually progressing on this show. Not not all of it, because some stuff is just wheels spinning, bloody Jeff Hardy and Elias. But there were some bits on here that I thought, okay, it feels like we're actually moving ahead now, certainly not towards Elimination Chamber, but, you know, to, to WrestleMania at the very least. Felt like a soft restart, like a, 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 a new mid-season. Uh, yeah, monochromatic Jeff Hardy and Elias. Monochromatic Vice. Do you think Seamus turned on Drew so he can remind Drew how he used to be ruthless because he's become too respectful and has lost that edge? No pun intended. I mean, you certainly could do that, but like you could have built that up with through Seamus promos, like in the, you know, sort of like the weeks building up to this turn or, you know, just been like, you can't be, 
you should be taking Edge out, as opposed to Seamus coming down and be like, don't you talk to Drew that way. So you, you could probably rewrite it to be that, but I think if that's the story you're going to tell, you probably could have done a bit of a better job of telling that story. Sorry, are you getting uh, text messages or anything? I am, yeah. Can you hear them? I can hear quite a lot of beep, 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 beep. Oh, I mean, I've got, I'm getting like WhatsApp notifications on my desktop, but that's that should be just coming through uh, my headphones. I'm getting a lot of. Let me throw. There's nothing on my phone. Let me throw it away. Though. Yeah. Put my Got phone. I mean, I should have my phone on airplane mode anyway because it's incredibly, un, you know, unprofessional. Uh, Bacon Rasher. Hi lads. It's a shame, Moose. It's a shame, Moose. Oh, is that Seamus? It's a shame, Moose, that he turned on Drew and typical WWE. It was done badly after great setting up. Overall, though, it was an okay Raw and best of the year so far. I actually watched it this morning. Jam that jam. I enjoyed Legends Night more, uh, but I, yeah, definitely the best in in a while. Best of yeah, the month, I would, I'd say. I'd say it's been the best. Because I didn't watch the Legends Night episode, so this has been the most enjoyable episode of Raw in forever for me. Uh, and Marcel Arts, cheerio, Waldmeister Marcel here. Uh, he loves apples. Just wanted mm -hmm. to stop by and correct your title. Seamus turned face on pet murderer Drew. Hashtag never forget the spider. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone by now has forgotten that spider. <laughs> Poor Eric Rowan. Uh, just before we move on to Beer 52 and whatnot, Keith Lee in all of this. He's been telling Drew and Seamus forever. Seamus is going to turn on you, by the way. Yeah, uh, I mean, perhaps this is a pessimistic view, but I don't think he's going to be involved in this storyline whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But like at the same time, he, but you're right, he should. Like, And actually, as a triple threat for WrestleMania, that's pretty great. Actually, I would love that for WrestleMania. Yeah, I'd love that for Mania. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's just about how you get Sheamus. How? Because I think you've got to do a singles match between Sheamus and Drew before then. How do you get there without weakening anyone? Like, if you put loads of people like that in the chamber, you've got to eliminate okay. them. Yeah, Ollie. I'm, I'm again. Like, it doesn't matter if that. Like, Matt Riddle's been beaten from pillar to post by the Hurt business, but he's still getting U.S. title matches against Bobby Lashley. It doesn't matter if they beat Sheamus like a drum. You can just still put him in a title match. Yeah, we'll talk about Riddle. Um, <laughs> we are sponsored by Beer, Beer52. Go to beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk and you'll get a free case of eight craft beers, UK viewers only. I said I wouldn't do this today, but it is our last current Beer52 sponsorship episode. So I'm going to enjoy a can of Karma. Oat oh, meal it's stout. So good. It's I'm actually kind of gutted. I drank all of my beer 52s in the lead up to the rumble and then during the rumble streams. Good, right? Look at that as a face. It's a good beer, right? That is delicious. It's 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 soft. Tell me more. It's malty. Tell me more. It's got a little bit of dark chocolate hanging oh. right at the end of it. And you know what? I'm gonna say it. A little bit of raspberry. Oh, love Gen to hear it genuinely beer 52 not only do you get beers but i do feel like it's given me a better appreciation of beer mm -hmm. uh, like the sort of taste i, I used beer, beer before i used to just be like it's just it's just this thing i have to do to get through the day right but now it's actually a nice <laughs> <laughs> i can be like oh this is a light hoppy one and this is like a this has notes of pear or or sherbet i don't know and the, their magazines have... really help you with that did you have the um the milkshake IPA one? 
had that on the Rumble stream. Dude, it's so, oh man, it was, I haven't stopped thinking about it. It was such a nice beer. It was a bit much for me. Like I'd love a third, a third pint of that. Uh, but it was yeah it's amazing it actually oh, tasted like a milkshake yeah i was gonna say you couldn't have more than two pints of it mm. like it would eat your stomach will curdle but um oh it was delightful the raw review let's do the play-by-play -play of that just let me take another sip of this it's I'm drinking on a Tuesday. I'm drinking tea because that's the time of day that it is. Oh, it's mm. I'm going to be obnoxiously loud later at this rate. <laughs> um, right, Boots so in the face. we got the <laughs> we got the opening segment of McIntyre coming out, an edge and the Sheamus heel turn, and then we got Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley. And despite myself, despite myself. I was excited because Riddle looked great in the Rumble and Lashley looked freaking incredible in the Rumble. He displayed like such a ferocious, more violent side to him. And he was already pretty violent, I'd argue. So very excited about this. I thought, okay, new season, let's give Riddle something. He was, he tapped out in two minutes. It, they, it spilled outside as Riddle's getting back in the ring. Lashley locks in the full Nelson and the referee calls it off because he wouldn't break the hold. He was in the ropes. Title doesn't switch hands, of course, the United States Championship. But even so, Riddle still tapped. So you still saw him tap out. So in all of his contests against Lashley so far, he's tapped in the non-title match behind the referee's back. He's been pinned, and now he's tapped again, even though he technically won this match via DQ. And then Lashley just beat him up afterwards. And, and that all, was it. And all. All Matt Riddle has done for the last few months is have matches with the Hurt Business. Whether it's matches against Bobby Lashley where he keeps losing, or it's matches where he's teaming with people to take on the Hurt Business. I am <laughs> sick of seeing Matt Riddle face off against the Hurt Business. They've taken a few that I was actually genuinely really excited about and made me not want to see it. And what's worse is this feud must continue because we didn't get a decisive finish in this match because Bobby Lashley got himself DQ'd. And even though Matt Riddle also tapped out. So this feud must continue. So we're just dragging this thing out. And it's, we, I said this on last week's show, but this appears to be the hurt business, the curse business, because this is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happened with Apollo Crews. This is exactly what happened with Ricochet. It just, they just keep getting in never ending feuds. And it just, and by the end of it, I never want to see the feud ever again. And it's such a shame because the Hurt Business is fantastic. Like as so an act great. MVP doing the best stuff of his career, everyone's draped in gold right now. Uh, but yeah, this is... The, look, look the, the positive of this is Lashley looked incredible. Mm -hmm. Lashley looked yeah, even yeah. better than he has done before and he already looked really good. And what I loved about this, I don't know if you heard it, as he was beating up Riddle on the outside, MVP is shouting at him like don't man like you don't want to go to jail you might win them he had this line you might win the match but you won't win the court mm. like that's a, and of course mvp's history he was legit in jail for a while before becoming a professional wrestler it just it just put over you know that way where paul Heyman's like no no brock don't stop stop beating him up like the manager's scared as well i yeah, just I, it was a great packaging of lashley 
and they had like Matt Riddle, like, you know, after the break and, you know, they sort of cut backstage and instead they go back to Riddle being looked at by doctors. He doesn't even remember the match, like, because Lashley, like, you know, absolutely dominated him and threw him at ringside. So like Riddle can't even remember who he was facing in a match. That's how dangerous Bobby Lashley is. And I think that's really interesting. My worry is that it's even more dissension within the Hurt Business, which is a group that's already got signs of dissension in there, which I don't need. I didn't take it as that. Mm. Uh, I just think it was more MVP being a smart manager. I hope uh, you're right. But yeah, unfortunately, it comes at the expense of Riddle. I, I think this would be a great build to an eventual Lashley versus Riddle match. You know, like if they were to have a big MMA thing for the first time, don't think that's happening. So just very briefly, who do you think Lashley is being positioned? Like they don't just build people up. You build someone up so someone can then beat them. Uh, that's wrestling booking, not just WWE booking. Building him for Matt Riddle. Like that's what we're that's what the eventual game is here. Is then Matt Riddle wins and he wins the US title. Maybe I, I mean maybe maybe you do Bobby Drew again. I don't know. Brock Lesnar. You reckon Brock? You think Brock's coming back for a match at Mania and it's going to be against Lashley? I mean, like I'd be in for it. And like that, it, he feels like the only guy that's bigger than Drew that the match makes sense for. If Edge is going against Roman. And I thought Brock would, if Brock came back, there's the Paul Heyman capacity to it. I think, yeah, I get, think, get Heyman on Raw, managing Lesnar, going up against Lashley. Oh, can you imagine those segments? MVP and Lashley on one side, freaking Lesnar and Heyman on the other. Yeah, that I'm well into. Mm -hmm. That I'm very much into. Um, but yeah, just, just speculation. Let's. We'll be disappointed if we think that's going to happen. Uh, Bad Bunny. Oh, just one other thing before we move on onto uh, Mr. Bunny. Um, something that I actually didn't pick up on. I only got this from the Fightful uh, review of the show. But you know when Seamus was leaving and he gets like Charlie tries to interview him and he talks about like everyone just knows me as Drew friends, but like I'm no one's friend. I'm just, I'm coming after the title. And he gets his bags from someone. He gets mm. his bags from Drew Gulak. Yeah. Like, do you think that means something, or is it just that Drew is that unimportant that he's now handing bags to people? I th I'm, I'm scared it's the latter. <laughs> That's what I thought as well. Mm. I was like, we need we need an extra to hand the bags to it. Um, you there, production staff member, can you hand these bags to? It's like, no, I'm Drew Goo. Like, I was literally <laughs> wrestling on the show just two weeks ago. Freaking resigned. He resigned last year. Yeah, man. It's it's on him. Like anyone who resigns with WWE and doesn't get used well in this, like in this current climate, it's on you. I think this is, people wonder, wow, why is Cesaro getting such a push at the moment? Well, we've got our answer now. It's because his contract's expiring after WrestleMania mm. by all reports. So that's why he's now getting a bit of a push to try and get him to re-sign. So Bad Bunny turns up backstage. Uh, you might not like him, but boy, does he pull in the YouTube numbers for the WWE clips. Yeah, and like it totally makes sense. You know, he he was. I found this out uh, today. He had more plays on Spotify last year than um, GTS. Like he is a superstar of like. I mean, I've I've you know I don't know his music. It's not really my cup of tea, but I get it. Like I totally get like why he is a huge get for WWE, and he's a massive wrestling fan as well. So this is just like this is the biggest win possible for WWE right now. Do you say GTS? That's what they call, right? The K-pop bands. BTS. Oh, was it BTS? Sorry. Oh, Sorry, you're not cool. You're not cool like I me. Just I just, I just know they're popular. With my WAPs and my Billie Eilish. 
Wow. Could all know I, I did a quiz at the end of the year because of course you do a quiz at the end of the year and it was like you know the top 10 played songs of the year and i didn't know any of them and i was like if wap's not one of these songs i don't know it and as it turned out didn't get any of them no waps for you wap, wap was not in there which i, I would have got because that's a banging tune randy it's not it's crude randy orton cut a promo about how he sort of punt kicked edge in the head and you know rode him out and he did he, he went back to the old character that was amazing. I forgot how amazing this character was where he's like, look, I had to do that to you, Edge, because I love you and I'm trying to protect you and your family from getting injured again. Oh, my God. I, 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 yeah, and that was sort of the first time I'd heard that we were getting Edge versus Orton on this episode in the main event. So I was I like, know, right? okay, right, on free TV, that's ending in two minutes. Yeah, no, it was like super duper impressive, right? Like it was, because I, 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 I didn't know it was like, it was coming that way. I didn't know it was, until the announcement, I was like, holy hell, that's quite a main event for this show. And it is like, it was a, a great reminder of how awesome that Randy Orton character was. Sort of weird because it's very different to the Randy Orton character he's currently playing, but it was just sort of a nice being like, I'm just going to stop being, it's because WWE can't do concurrent storylines. I'm just going to stop being this character for now. And I'm going to go back to being this character for a bit. Then next week, I'm going to go back to being the, the, the character I currently am. After that, we got Xavier Woods taking on Mustafa Ali after he sort of worked his way through other members of Retribution. Uh, it went a couple of minutes. Kofi Kingston, who's not medically cleared, took out Slapjack. That was enough to distract Ali for Woods to get a sort of crucifix-style pin. And that's what I said last week. I, this feud is done now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they've, they've, beaten the, they've beaten the baddies. So the the feud is done we've we've seen them but the, the baddies have got their comeuppance and they've now lost so where do you go from here a tag match like i've seen you beat them it's crazy it's like the money here is in ali versus kingston that's the hot that's the story ali's been calling out kingston for how kingston took his place for kofi mania two years ago but now ali's been beaten in two minutes by woods who's yep. kind of kofi's second I have zero interest in seeing that match happen. Mm -hmm. Not into it. And, and, it, and it sucks. You should have a three man advantage. And it sucks because it's the first good retribution storyline. <sighs> uh, Bad Bunny was then shown backstage with Damien Priest, which went right into a Miz TV segment with Miz and John Morrison. They got Bad Bunny to come out as their guest. They pitched doing a rap album with him that he could produce that for him but damien priest came out to interrupt it was all a ruse it was priest's debut match on the main roster for full raw call up here where he took on miz and beat miz looking very impressive thanks to bad bunny taking out morrison on the outside bad bunny who is bigger than dts uh, i i believe he got more plays than them on spotify as that sounds like when The Rock did the promo on Booker T. I don't care if you book a A, book a B, book a C. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's bigger than MTS and all, bigger than all of them. And um, he, uh, th this made Priest look awesome. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish that they hadn't have done the backstage segment with Bad Bunny hanging out with Damien Priest. Like, I wish they'd just sort of done the car thing arrive because it would have been a really cool... Because, like, Dave, like his Bad Bunny is just like, I've, I've got a friend. And they're like, oh my God, who's the friend? I'm like, well, it's Damien Priest because we literally just saw them backstage together. Like, we, we know who it is. So it kind of makes the commentary look stupid. It makes Miz and Morrison look stupid. So it, it could have been done more effectively. However, I'm pushing all of that to one side because this segment made Damien Priest look awesome. Damien Priest being aligned with Bad Bunny, beating Miz and Morrison who don't matter a jot. Like, it totally makes sense to beat them up. Also, you can set up 
a tag match. We talked about doing them doing a tag match, but we kind of thought it'd be Booker T. Idiot us. Of course, it's Priest. It makes way more sense for it to be Priest. Priest and Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morrison is like a really, really good, like that elevates Priest so, so much in like end stock. I, and I thought this was an absolute win of a segment for pretty much everyone involved. Yeah, great debut for Priest. I get if I get if some people are like, oh, but he's our NXT boy, and now he's doing celebrity stuff with Bad Bunny and the Miz on the main roster. Like if I read that on paper, I would be totally with you. But I think sometimes you've got to zoom out and look at the bigger picture here. This is a huge vote of confidence in Priest by the company, giving him a lot of mainstream attention on his debut, and bigger than anything. They let a big guy do an impressive athletic spot as the first move of the match. You didn't get Keith Lee doing leapfrogs right to begin with. Priest does a flip dive outside on Miz and Morrison to kick things off here. So yeah, I think this is this is only good for Priest. Please, 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 God, may it last longer than three weeks. I was going to say, I give it three weeks and he said back to NXT to, to learn how to work like a big guy. Uh, we then got a, a recap of Alexa Bliss's segment from last week. It's a recap. It's a recap of Bliss watching recaps. So technically, it was a recap within a recap within a within a recap at one point. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite impressive. Uh, after that, we got the hurt business of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander defending their Raw tag team titles against the Lucha House Party after House Party beat them in a non-title match. I think the previous week. And it just, Alexander and Benjamin work together a lot better here. It seems they're putting the infighting behind them for now, and that helped them retain. Yeah, this is a much better way to tell this story, which is that the match, like Cedric had the match lined up to be won, and he's in the corner celebrating with with Shelton because they're like, hey, look at us, we're on top, we're going to win this match. Shelton tags himself in, hits the payder, and gets the win. And Cedric's reaction (laughs) to this was not, oh, I can't believe you stole your spot from me. His reaction was, I wanted to get the win, but it doesn't matter because we won. It's not about me. It's about the team. It's about the hurt business. It's about having the titles. So yes, his pride was hurt a little bit, but it didn't matter because the team has still got the gold and that's what's important. And I thought that Cedric sold that really, really well. You got so much from the way that he was portraying this. This is so much better than Cedric and Shelton just arguing the second they won the belts. Yeah. Yeah. So much better than previous installments. After that, we got Asuka and Charlotte defend, not defending, uh, in a match against Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke and the new tag team of Lana and Naomi, who are now best friends too. Of course, well, of course they are. Of course they're best friends. You've got commentary like they've been best friends for years. Like they've been, they've been so close ever since Lana challenged Naomi for her SmackDown Women's Championship. Absolute nonsense. You brought back Naomi. Fight like after all this months of her being out, finally Naomi's back on the main roster. What have we got? She's in a tag team with Lana. Come on. Is this the big plan? Is this the big plan? And then, and then they friggin' pinned Asuka. Stop pinning Asuka. Oh, there was a Mandy Rose was in the match. Dana Brooke pin her, pin either of them. Why are you pinning Asuka all the time? Because you gotta tell the story that Asuka's annoyed at Charlotte. Because Charlotte left after Charlotte got distracted by Lacey Evans and Ric Flair on the entrance ramp, you know, and that was distracting. 
It's not like they've done that in every Charlotte segment for the last three weeks. And Charlotte keeps winning whenever they do it, with the exception, and she would have won had they not kept doing it at um, the the pay per view. So the, the the way Charlotte walked off here as well, it was a, it was actually a pretty decent match uh, for the hmm. five ten minutes it was given. But the finish was Charlotte just Flair Rick, Rick and Lacey enter. Lacey's wearing the robe again, and Charlotte just like transfixed. Like they've got a spell on her, walks out the ring and just walks up the ramp, like she was either bored or hypnotized. I think it was the first. I think it was the former. She was like, "I can't believe I'm still in this storyline. I'm I'm out of here. I'm leaving right now." And yeah, yeah. and then Asuka like, and Asuka just loses because she got an ass in her face. Yeah, Naomi, Naomi, uh, hit the the rear view. Uh, so, uh, but just 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 in case anyone wasn't clear, I hated this. Hated this yeah. so so much. Surely the point of putting Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke in the match was to have them pinned, so you didn't have to pin the champion. Very nice to see Naomi back. That's a positive. Lovely, great to see her back. Don't like her being in a tag team. Also, you've been telling the story of Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke going after the belts, going after Jackson Baszler. So why is Naomi winning then? Because she's new and shiny, and she just came back. Hate I don't. I don't get why we can't have actual raw women's singles feuds. <laughs> I guess because because you've got Bliss. Well, yeah, because Bliss is like Bliss and Charlotte are essentially the top single stars. Charlotte's just unfortunately stuck in a, uh, a tag feud that she doesn't want to be part of. Uh, Baszler and Jax watched on backstage through all of that. So, yeah, Naomi and Lana versus Baszler and Jax. I guess that kind of makes sense because Lana was in that tables feud. Don't do it with Naomi, though. Why do you need Naomi there? Naomi needs bigger and better things than this. Hey, I've got another one for you. Don't do it with Lana either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. We got the Drew promo where he was very upset about Seamus turning on him. Then we got another favourite of Luke's, Elias and Jackson Riker taking on Jeff Hardy. But it's different because there's now a Carlito. Yep, Team 2005 uh, got a good win here over Elias and Jackson Riker. Match was okay. It was, was pretty good. Kalito looks awesome. like he did. And it was really, they had a cool video package from as well for in case anyone who wasn't watching 16 years ago to be like, this is who this guy is. So I think that was quite nice. And Kalito hit the backstabber. Jeff hit the swanton. I just, this screamed feud must continue. And I just think we're going to get more Jeff Hardy Elias matches off the back of it. I was surprised by how minimal Carlito's involvement was. Usually when you bring back a guy like this, uh, MVP, for instance, last year, he was having singles matches with Rey Mysterio. And I was like, wait, look, MVP's back. Carlito was in a tag match as a, as a throwaway partner in someone else's feud where he got a hot tag of one minute, hit about four moves, and then tagged back in Jeff Hardy, who hit the Swanton to win. This remind this didn't remind me of MVP. This reminded me of Matt Cardona in AEW. Oh, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Carlito in two thousand seven when he didn't care and like he just went in there and just half assed everything. I don't, but that was the position he was booked in. Yeah, but like, yeah, but then maybe he didn't have a great time at the Rumble. Maybe like you know the whole point they were trying to like. He's like PW Insider's report, was it? They said they were trying to like, you know, lure him into being a backstage producer. Maybe he didn't have a good time. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't. Also, even if you've done stuff outside the company, 
as soon as you come back through WWE, they're going to treat you exactly how you left, which is, oh, Carlito's the lazy guy, right? Let's not book him in much. So I don't know. It didn't seem like a vote of confidence for me. So, And a lot of people like Carlito. I like Carlito, but not to a crazy extent. You know, He's just a sort of lower mid-carder for a yeah. couple of years, 10 years ago. Uh, but good for you if you enjoyed his comeback. Tempest sure did. <laughs> <laughs> Pause the stream, Tempest. Um, also, he didn't have an apple. Well, of course you can't have the apple because you can't spit in people's faces. But you, but you can wrestle dangerous. them. Or wrestle the apples. No, look, you can spit in people's faces right now. You're wrestling with them. I think that ship's already sailed. I think it sends a bit of a bad message if Carlito is literally spitting in people's faces. I guess so. It could be some good heel heat. I wouldn't put <laughs> it past him. I mean, he's definitely the baby face at the moment. I think it would be fully <laughs> misguided. You know Vince pitched this idea. He's like, hey guys, look, we're not allowed to spit on each other's faces right now. We've got to wear masks. Let's have a guy who spits in people's faces. I mean, do you know, there was that report, I think it was a Fightful Slate report that said there are some people within the higher ups that still don't believe that the coronavirus pandemic is real. I would wager that Vince is one of those people. We can only assume. Uh, Edge got a great promo. Uh, I just, I really like the story he's telling that he's trying to win back that title that he never lost. Um, then Edge walked backstage and gave Damien Priest a handshake. It's a lot of confidence. They are high on Damian Priest, man. As exactly as Sean, Sean has said this for ages, as soon as Vince gets one look at Damian Priest, he's going to be like, look at the size of this dude. This dude is a, is a legit main eventer. Cannot wait to have him on the main roster. Sean said on the on our Rumble stream, uh, he was like, Vince is going to see him. He's like, you're, you're as tall as Baron Corbin and you can work. <laughs> You've actually got hair as well. It wasn't just falling out of your head. You could definitely be a main eventer. After this, I got uh, we got Bliss versus Nikki Cross, which I actually really enjoyed. Apart from the look, you know, the standard Bliss is there one moment, then it cuts, and then it cuts back, and she's there in a completely different outfit. The other stuff where she was just doing the act that she was doing a couple of months ago versus Nikki Cross, which has loads of context and history and character relationships to dive into. I really liked it. I really liked how Bliss moved. I liked how she'd like pin Nikki and then go oh like when when Nikki kicked out like she was a children's tv presenter trying to figure out a not that very hard maths problem and then like she did a hopscotch before kicking Nikki in the gut and and at the end she debuted this new finisher which is the sister Abigail but she hooks over the top of the neck and then hits it which I thought looked great yeah, I mean, I, I thought that bit looked great as well. I think my issue is that I preferred this match when I saw it three months ago and Bliss was doing all of that stuff there and it didn't have all the magic nonsense. So I kind of enjoyed it a bit more when they did it the first time around. Mm. I agree, but I, I also enjoyed it way more than the <laughs> Asuka title matches over the last two weeks. That is absolutely fair. And you know what? So did I. Uh, I just think, you know, like what a better character arc it would have been if Bliss took on Nikki Cross first, and then, you know, like right now she's still having these squash matches, and you build her up for a shot against Asuka, as opposed yeah. to the, what, like, to what end did the last two weeks of Bliss Asuka matches serve? YouTube clip, the YouTube money. Like, yeah, I got some right. YouTube watches. And like, because yeah. Nikki Cross, 
Nikki Cross during this match was just like, why are we still feuding? And I was like, great question. Like, she's like, I've moved past you. And I'm like, you sure did, but here we are again. Do you know what the commentary team said when Bliss changed into a different outfit in one second before their very eyes? What's going on here? I'm bewildered. <laughs> not perplexed, not perplexer Bliss. They were bewildered this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty bewildering. Like she's changing, <sighs> she's changing form literally in front of people's eyes. And the main event was Autumn versus Edge. I cannot believe this actually happened on a on an episode of TV with no build. Like I know we've got the the last year of build technically from last year's Royal Rumble, but like god damn pre-announce this in, a, in advance like at least give it a week at least have these two guys go face to face now shoot an angle to set up a match next week heaven forbid two weeks time right maybe even at elimination chamber I, yeah i guess so but like they want to move edge on onto randy orton and you can't uh, sorry onto um roman reigns on smackdown so you can't have two concurrent storylines that's so... two months away I I know, but they want they want to get started like to start the WrestleMania plans. We've literally got to we've got to wrap this one up before we can start the next one. So they had to wrap this storyline up. So they were advertising this match as like the very last time. This is the last time these two are having this match after this epic conclusion. And it really like, dude, I completely agree with you. This should have been done in a in a, a elimination chamber as a special match to be like, this is the last time that we're doing this. And you could have had Edge also like Edge is like, I've got Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's where my focus is, but I've got to put you in my rearview mirror. I cannot focus on that Roman Reigns match until I've beaten you and tell that story. But they don't want to do two concurrent things. They're just like, well, let's just end this one. We can start the next one on Friday. Let's just get this out of the way. Which really didn't... This was going to be a... This was, at one point, the main event of WrestleMania over the championship. And it is concluded instead as a Raw main event that goes 10 minutes and has no build. Yeah, screw you long-term booking. <laughs> up, up until November, that was the plan. But yeah. then they they took the belt off of Orton, decided that was not the direction they wanted to go in, and they've been scrambling ever since. However, this match I thought was fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, it, because they've had those two matches, which actually collectively account for four days of in-ring action, that they could go straight into the final act. Like from the in the first couple of minutes, they were hitting signature moves, the edge execution, uh the, the snap power slam from Randy, stuff that's usually reserved for the mid or third act in matches. And they're just like doing double downs. Edge is selling his neck, which just, it, it still gets me. I'm still really scared for him all the time. But Orton gets on top. Really good 10 minutes of action here. Not all great matches have to go at least half an hour, Akada. Someone tell him. And then the finish was abysmal. Yeah, so the finish of this match, if you didn't see it, uh, was Randy Orton had the match won. He was getting ready to hit the RKO, and then Alexa Bliss appeared out of nowhere, sat up on the on the turnbuckle, and started oozing black goo out of her mouth, like she's a real Ghostbusters toy. And like this goo, and, and then Randy's so like, oh, what's going on? Gets hit by the spear. Edge picks up the win, and then Alexa Bliss disappears. Um, you uh, you left a comment on the WrestleTalk podcast community post being like, why wasn't Edge uh, bothered by Alexa Bliss? Do you want to hear my theory on this? Uh-huh. 
only Randy Orton could see her and the commentators. Oh. And Ed, Edge didn't Edge couldn't see her. She wasn't there for Edge, so he didn't spot her there. That is some Hulk Hogan Ultimate <laughs> Warrior bull s word. I had oh, yeah. a theory. I had a theory in my video earlier. I said, "Well, Edge was brought up through the Brood. This guy is not phased by scary stuff like that. Spooky, spooky. Okay. Yeah, it could be. I like it. Um, but yes, as you can tell, we neither of us like that. This was the most against." the supernatural stuff I've seen people be like, you know, cause weirdly in the last three weeks, both me and Luca felt very out of step with the general sentiment. Cause a lot of people are loving the supernatural storylines. I think what's happened here though, is people like the Randy Orton versus edge psychological realism more. And those people who were also enjoying the supernatural stuff did not want to see those two completely conflicting tones clash in that way and essentially undermine and ruin the final of what's been quite a remarkable trilogy over the last year. So, yes, but it's again, it's again, supernatural ending to Raw. It's been the same for a whole month now. And I think a lot of people were also surprised that The Fiend was not involved in the Rumble at all. Like, The Fiend hasn't been on TV now for ages, which is actually kind of great because it really does sell the idea that he is gone. Like, you know, the Randy Orton literally set him on fire and he hasn't been seen on TV now for over a month. That's incredible restraint by WWE. But the problem is we've also then got Alexa Bliss doing this stuff that I think is people are not into Alexa Bliss doing the magic as they were to Fiend doing the magic. Although there are people who have been enjoying it. And yeah, I think that there's now people who are enjoying the Edge Orton storyline that didn't want to see the Bliss interference. Also, thing is, it's like the fourth or fifth week that we've had Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton close the show. So I think people are just like, yeah, I get it. Cool. I think I'm, I'm ready for us to move this story on a little bit. Well, overall, I gave this a three out of four, but really it's a three out of five. Like it was, it was good in comparison to previous weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. Like, I, I thought this was way better than most episodes of Raw have been for quite some time, actually. And so by that aspect, you know, it's a seven-star show. Like, it was, I actually, I didn't hate the show. So, like, that's a complete win. Um, we put a poll up onto the WrestleTalk Podcast Community tab. 59% also agreed that it was an average show. 20% leaning towards core, 12% leaning towards poor. And because it's a, uh, a YouTube post, we can have five so we can have five options again. Hey, so we can Yay. do it out of five. As we go through the Pledge Hammer five, $25 a month or more shout outs into the Hall of Fame. Uh, unfortunately, because we're dual broadcasting right now, we don't have all the razzmatazz production. So we're just going to do the old fashioned style. Thank you. Always shining. Garrett Albright. Love Woo. to see it. Say it to my face. Riley. Yes. Robert Spencer. Period. Lovely stuff. The Wonder Wall. Ryan Gallagher. $100 man CD Horver. Better than the mediocre dollar man. Super kick, Nick Mazesco. Thank you. The Kessel Run DX Solo. There he is. Love DX Solo. Dustin, the Professor Layton. Nice. 
he can last Sean for longer than you in the ring. I'm sure he can. The cleaner, Kenny Shaw. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Beautiful pronunciation. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, no one names their kid this anymore. Larry! Thank you, everybody, ever so much. You can become a pledge hammer on Wrestle Talk's Patreon by going over to our Patreon page and check out loads of good stuff there. Uh, but last call for the Ultra Chats. Get your Ultra Chats in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the stream. Rhyming Orange says, Greetings from Winnipeg, which is only 2,165 kilometers from North Carolina. I was the guy hyper-chatting about Drew versus Sheamus yesterday. I'm bummed it's happening so soon. But I still think they can end the feud as friends. We could use a story like that these days. So like Seamus realizes the error of his ways. That'd be quite nice. Oh, I smell a tag team. The bar too. <laughs> Start recording says, if Bobby Lashley had a voice like Damian Priest, I think he would have been a world champion by now. He was a world champion. He's an ECW world champion. I think Lashley's soft-spoken voice is the weakest thing about his character, and it's a shame because I was happy when he got a title match versus McIntyre. Have you heard Brock Lesnar speak? I was going to say, like, when I first got back into wrestling in 2005, I missed, like, all, like, pretty much missed the entirety of the Brock Lesnar stuff. And then my old housemate at university said, it was like, I mean, it was really good, but the problem is he then had to cut some promos where he's like, I don't like you, Kurt Angle, and now we're <laughs> going to have a match. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Take me to church. Priest is amazing. I will miss him in NXT, even though he wasn't booked great there. He's someone who Vince and the fans should like. He cannot be messed up, right? Also, any news on the chopper screw job? Hashtag justice for Mr. Davis. Jam that jam. Yeah, well, I think I think chopper's loyal. Chopper's loyal to the old authorities, getting so many opportunities. But there is an inside man that's obviously screwing me over. There's no way I could have lost the championship because it was my fault. I think it was your fault, though. But yeah, I think Priest, I, they can screw up anyone. They screwed up Ricochet. Dude, uh, we said this about Keith Lee. When Keith Lee came in super hot, beat, uh, let's not forget, beat Randy Orton in like eight minutes on pay-per-view in a singles match with no shenanigans and then has done whatever he's done since then. Geeklectic, what are your thoughts on a Damien Priest Carlito tag team? Priest can oh, do the bow and arrow no. motion. Priest can do the bow and arrow motion through Carlito's apple. It writes itself. It was a joke. It was a joke oh, suggestion. God, for that. <laughs> I liked your uh, Home Alone 2. Oh, no! <laughs> jam, 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 jam that jam. This American endorses Mr. Davis for Prime Minister. So do I. I'm considering uh, a run. I'll hot tag from you. Tyler Woodward said, sorry I missed the Rumble podcast, but did you hear Cesaro say to Sheamus, every man for himself before he swung him? I enjoyed Raw last night. I won Edge versus Drew more than the Roman match. Ever not, never lost the championship, so it makes more sense than Roman. But it was the World Heavyweight Championship, so it actually makes more sense that it's Roman. Yeah, I was trying to work out the lineages of which championship Edge needed to go for, and I'm still confused. Is it the Universal? 
No, I guess it would be the WWE title because they were I'm like thought. they were they were merged together, weren't they? So maybe Ty- yeah, Tyler's right actually. I just sort of because the Blue Universal title is like the other title. I just sort of look at it and just think that's the World Heavyweight Championship. Watch WWE tell that story regardless. <laughs> uh, Farhad Buta says Goldberg, you don't respect legends, Drew. Drew shows tons of respect for Edge. Edge, why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? <laughs> on another note, I forgot how much I love Edge until he's on my screen. Same goes with Christian. I love them. Where was Christian on this episode? I think that's. Is he doing a um? Like, I don't know where because I think Jay and both Jay, Jay and Jimmy are out now. But like, I'd have loved to have seen like Edge and Christian versus the Usos as a, like a lead in to do the Roman match of Mania. That I, I'd love to see. Uh, Scott Young says, "Any chance Dave is wrong and we can get Edge versus Finn at WrestleMania? It makes so much sense for NXT from a ratings point of view. That match would be class as well." I, no, I mean, no chance. Right. I, of course, it would be amazing. I don't think it would make a, a difference to NXT's ratings. Maybe well, slightly have... when Edge turns up there, but for a week or two. That's the problem. Yes. I think it would actually really help NXT ratings. But at this point, I don't think they're that bothered about NXT's ratings against AEW. Like it doesn't really matter anymore. They've they've got they've already moved past that as a as a thing. Also, like in Edge's promo, he was like, It's you or Roman. Those are my options. Um, monochromatic Weiss uh, or Weiss perhaps says hey everyone hope everything is uh, everyone's having a great day with the rumor of Edge facing Roman and henceforth would probably be on Smackdown him and Rey Mysterio being part of the OG Smackdown 6 made me wonder who is the new Smackdown 6 we get asked this question all the time um, from WWE's point of view Roman Reigns Jey Uso Baron Corbin mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan um, Kevin right Owens, now, Nakamura. Maybe. Sorry, Kevin Owens because he's been in the title picture. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, and then Nakamura, I guess, because it looks like he's going to get the next shot. Hmm. Keith Kutach says, "Hey lads, I had a great time watching the Jamble with you. What a blast! Where does Edge go after Roman? Uh, if he has a mania loss, will his momentum slow down? If he wins, can he compete weekly or monthly and defend his title? Always jam that jam." So the report was that he's doing like limited dates per year, isn't it? So it would mm-hmm. be like it'd be a part-time champion. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's difficult if he's got the title. But he did also say that there were loads of guys he wanted to work with. And he specifically outlined AJ Styles and Matt Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, I can actually see, like, Edge doesn't feel like the guy to beat Roman at this point either. So I could almost see Roman retaining the title. So, yeah. Uh, Phil Roberts, disagree. Edge did nothing. He showed how a genuine... Uh, he showed how a genuine star long retired uh, can come back and win the run with the number one spot lay low fly under the radar pick your moments a feel-good story that made sense i don't ask a lot more from my wrestling yeah i i'm i'd see where you're coming from i do agree though it's it would be better though if he did have a few spots in between the the entry and the end i also don't think that's the story they were telling <laughs> like that if it was he would have said that in his promo mm. or like the commentary would be putting that over but they're not so like i don't i think the weirdest fans can write that into the story but i don't think that is what happens he didn't um, show grit no J- uh, brett j rasmussen i don't know how i feel about edge versus roman at mania i'd rather see edge versus drew i think that would be much more fun also everyone turn over to the rest talk podcast channel i uh, always already have been and i'm watching the stream from there everything is faked off well done you brett uh, yeah, I 
I I think I I'm, I'm into Edge versus Roman. I don't really. There's nothing there for Edge versus Drew. It's babyface versus babyface. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want Roman to lose. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm more into Edge versus Roman. But maybe that's because I, I, I just really love Roman at the moment. Uh, a string of Chinese and Japanese characters. Don't know your name, I'm so afraid. Is anyone going to remind Mustafa Ali that since he couldn't compete at Elimination Chamber 2019 due to injury, he received a title match the very next month of Fastlane 2019? Was that a multi-man? I can't remember. Uh, can't remember. He never lost his title shot because of Kofi. It was just postponed a month. Yeah, it doesn't work within the storyline, though, does it? Plus, I think, like, he's... Fastlane 2019. He's leaning, on that show. he's leaning into the sort of backstage reports where it was Ali was destined to be Brian's pick to face him, and Brian wanted to put over a new guy. So I think it works from that respect. Just have a look. Do you want to have uh, any other... Uh, it was a multi-man match. It was a triple threat. Mm. Do you want to know who the other two... Have a guess who the other two people were? <sighs> well, it would be Daniel Bryan, because he was champion. Uh, who else is he feuding with at the time? Kofi was too busy running every gauntlet ever. Was it Randy Orton? Oh, no, it was not Randy Orton. It was someone that, that uh, Vince McMahon introduced. Not Charlotte Flair. <laughs> no, it hey. was the other one. It was Kevin Owens. Do you remember he brought just, oh, yeah. just brought back Kevin Owens? He was like, and Kevin Owens is here. Man of the people. Uh Raf Man. Charlotte is similar to the scientific substance known as thermite, which burns through anything it comes into contact with. All hail the omni flare. Like the uh the vomit from Alien. Just like mm, goes through their blood, yeah. Matt Ralph. Watched Raw for the first time in a year after a great rumble. Not sure if I have much higher standards after AEW, but I thought this was poor. Riddle's burial was sad. I'm worried Priest will be stuck in the mid-card with The Miz. Thanks for the great content. Yeah, I mean, for Priest, I think it's just like a stepping stone thing. Like, Miz is kind of like, he's he's almost the perfect person to kind of introduce <laughs> with, like, like a Dolph Ziggler, because they're the, almost the, like, it's like how X-Pac was back in the day. They're the measuring stick. They're like, we've been here for so long. We can easily guide you through main roster matches, and then you can move on to bigger and better things after us. But they've also screwed up much better stepping stones. Uh, so yeah, wouldn't wouldn't hold your breath. Tyler Woodward, just give us Riddle versus Lashley and an effing fight pit to end the effing feud and give Riddle the US title. Move Daniel Bryan to Raw and let them feud for six million years. This Riddle Lashley feud is more boring than Mister Davis making a milky tea. How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would wager that Vince does not know what the fight pit is. <laughs> but that Riddle. Brian interaction in the Rumble was fantastic. Oh, so good. Love George Timperley. George Timperley. Did you guys ever play the WWE 12 Road to WrestleMania? It had a great heel faction in it with Sheamus, William Regal, Wade Barrett, Drew McIntyre, and sometimes Layla called the United Kingdom. This episode reminded me of this for some reason. We've had that. It was called the League of Nations. It wasn't good. <laughs> We also had it way better in TNA as the British Invasion. That was a, that was a good little trio. Um, I did not play WWE 12, though. I haven't played a, a WWE game since SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Carol Wands, Trekkie386. Hi, Luke and Ollie. Raw was indeed Avroge. Edge versus Autumn really wouldn't be a match I'd want to see yet again. But Edge versus Drew? Edge versus Roman? Either one of those is much better WrestleMania matches. Uh, Alexa Fiend and Autumn storyline? No, thank you. 
Hashtag Ollie send the belt to Laurie. It's complex. I'm I'm looking into it. Yeah. Uh, Start recording says, um, I would have loved for Abyss and Ilya Dragunov to be surprise entrants of the Rumble. Oh, but I'd have loved Abyss to have been a surprise yeah. entrance. I'd have marked out so much for Abyss. Uh, but I realized the Dragunov wouldn't have been able to travel to the US, um, so he's out. But Parks works for WWE. Would have been really cool to see Abyss appear at some point. I thought we were going to get that with AJ. Do you remember like they had that one segment together? And I was like, this is amazing. What a partnership. Like with so much history with, with these two people, they're going to work so brilliantly together. And we only got that one segment. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess he owns the Abyss character. There's no legal mm. copyright uh, complications. Uh, Sarah Gordon's got a couple of other messages. Um, how would you guys feel about Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe? I think it'd be miles better than uh, the one they had before Backlash 2018, surely because of Reigns' character now and because they're both Samoan. Boom, it's a ready-made meal. Imagine the promos. Yeah, I think that would be great, but they did have an absolute stinker of a feud a couple of years ago. But the mm -hmm. dynamics are, are a lot better now, yeah. Yeah, and it would be interesting as well from a certain standpoint because Joe's not part of that family... Like he's, you know, his his joke has always been, I'm one of the few Samoan wrestlers that is not in that family. So I think there'd be quite something interesting around that. Um, and he also, add, or they also add, why didn't Lexa Bliss just shoot fireballs at everyone when she came out in the Rumble? Easy win, everyone gets free sunburn. Yeah, it's a bit inconsistent, isn't it? Uh, Phil Roberts, also disagreeing, building new stars means veterans can never win big matches. Just don't have them destroy everyone, bugger off with the main belt for month, uh, months on end and only look remotely beatable after a kick to the <laughs> dick for nine years. There's a balance. Yeah, I agree. George Timperley, if Drew has to have one feud with someone from the past, uh, then there's only one option. Drew versus Hornswoggle to main event night two of WrestleMania. Gender, Heath. James Handley, uh, I don't run a wrestling company, but using YouTube views as a way to direct your business seems like a poor idea. Just wait for the Rick Roll at WrestleMania. Yes, I said Rick Roll because WWE is a decade behind with pop culture. Uh, don't use YouTube views as a way to direct your wrestling business. As in, like, because the, they I'll get so many views down. for, like... <laughs> Have a look. Do you want some League of Lockdown stuff? Actually, first, before we do this from Harry, uh, who says, hey, lads, listen to the Raw review and uh, about people stabbing ringtones. Like Luke, my phone is constantly on vibrate with minimum notifications. But in the old days, when I had a Nokia push-up phone and was a stupid teenager, I had the party boy theme from Jackass as my ringtone. I missed a lot of calls because I would just party boy with my friends instead. Beginning <laughs> with friends. And up to 10 minutes, we just all party boy someone from our group whenever the phone rang. This went on for far too long. Just thought I'd share the stupid story uh, to remind me of you. Love you all, Harry. That's great. I Yeah, we used to party boy. If you're not familiar with Jackass, party boy was a sketch where... Who was it? Who was it? Was it, it was Pontius. Chris Pontius was Chris party Pontius. Boy. He would walk in to, say, a Japanese electronics store. I th that's That's the one in the movie, right? That's the one in the movie, yeah, when they go to Japan, yeah. And he's dressed up in a tuxedo and he looks kind of smart. And then like this song comes on, which is kind of like. And he would turn into party boy and he'd rip off all the tuxedo clothes in one motion because it's all Velcroed. And it'd just be there in a skimpy little uh, little thong, little shiny thong. And he'd do a, a dance around some poor unsuspecting member of the public. 
Now, because I was heavily into Jackass around this time, I had like the movie. I've told the story before, but I used to bootleg like the movie onto VHS tapes and sell it to friends and also sold it on eBay as well against the law, grant you. Um, Yeah, it was was fraud, 100%. My first entrepreneurial uh, gig, my uncle told me to stop because I was going to go to jail. Um, (laughs) uh, But I also used to put the commentary on as well. I I listened to the commentary track on that film all the time. Fun fact for you, uh, Pontius never got it all off in one motion. There was always one popper that always stuck. And he was like, I don't know why. I can't get all, there's always (laughs) one popper. Um, And also thank you to Fergal, uh, who got in touch with, uh, he sent across an eBay listing of the uh, Pentagon Junior figure that you were trying to buy. Yes. it is, but it is unfortunately from Australia. Um, it's $35 US, uh, sorry, $35 uh, Australian, and it's out of stock. So uh, that's it's not really, that didn't work out. So, Plus, I mean, thank you. St- thank you still, Virgil, but it didn't quite work out. I don't want an Australian one. It'll be all upside down when it arrives. I want a regular, upstanding American one. Also, just because you, you went right into the next email, uh, one more popper title of your sex tape (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i also got this email in from michael um who sent me an email and it just said forward uh well just said laurie blake bradley wiggins is a tie luke laurie Blake has a doppelganger and it's bradley wiggins it's uncanny and this is the picture that he attached I know what Bradley... What? (laughs) I was just about to say, I know what Bradley Wiggins looks like. But it turns out he has turned into Laurie there. Yeah, right? Like, Because I thought the exact same thing. I was like, oh, we get these emails all the time because it'll just be someone who's bald and has a beard. And it's like, well, they look like Luke or they look like Laurie. This one is actually the first (laughs) time where it's like, that genuinely looks just like Laurie. Bradley Wiggins, he of the Liam Gallagher haircut, has has grown a big ginger bushy beard and got a tat like even the tattoos on his hands. I know. How bizarre. And Laurie has that same hat. Yeah, it's like an orange beanie. Yeah. Blimey. Wow. Are we accidentally right, working with Bradley Wiggins? <laughs> he hasn't just told us. Famous British um... cyclist. Uh, also from uh, this for Liam, who said, uh, Dear Luke, last night my daughter was born. This was actually sent uh, last month, December 29th. Um, Throughout the long evening, I was listening to the WrestleTalk boys to keep me occupied. It was actually your review of WrestleMania X7, which might have been on through the free feed, but it was one of our Patreon podcasts. I managed to listen to the whole review in its entirety whilst things were slowly developing. I just want to say a massive thank you. Not only do you boys help me throughout the day-to-day life, but now you've been a part of the biggest day of my life. Your work influences so many, mine for sure. I can't be more grateful for everything you do. Let's all have a big one, Liam. Oh, congratulations, Liam. Sorry it's a month late. But uh, you should, if you haven't named the baby already, uh, but you can alter those things, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Then we would we would love to be included in your daughter's name. So whatever you know, like if it's Cindy, then Ollie, Luke, no, Cindy, Mister Davis, lukewarm, then whatever your last name is, because you wouldn't want her to be, you wouldn't want her to have boys' names, even in this gender fluid age. You don't want to, well, you don't want to do that. Or you can portmanteau us and call <laughs> it Lolly, Lolly, hmm. like Lolly Adafope, Cindy Lolly Smith. Yeah. Only, only if there's a hyphen between L and O. 
So um, my name is in there in full. I'm also going to use this opportunity to uh, tell one of my favorite stories of all time, which is when my friend got his name changed by Depol because he was getting married and wanted to take on his wife. They like, wanted to double barrel their names. So he was Lee Michael Alp and she was uh, Becca, I think. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't spoken to them in like 15 years at this point. But um, so he had to go get it, like get her surname added on. And while he was there, thought, actually, I could just change my name to whatever I want. So <laughs> rather than being Lee Michael Alp Casey, change his name to Lee Michael Bruce Campbell Lucha Burt Reynolds Alp Casey. Wow. Because no one checks the middle names. <laughs> oh, unless they're getting married, of course, because then you've got to read it out. And he was the only one oh. to get it wrong. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's just just some extra fun. I'm yeah. Oliver James Davis, but yeah, no, my mum and dad aren't going to know if I slip a few names legally in between James and Davis. I well, I was filling out my because you know I've just moved to dress right, so I had to change it on my uh, my driver's license. And let me tell you that DVLA website is absolutely useless because mm. it's a government website. So of course it's useless. It can't just work. It can't just be a functioning website. It's got to be broken in three different ways. One of them is that my address doesn't exist at the moment. So because it's a new build address, my road is like, it's only been on the map for three months. You can't even find it on Google maps. So it doesn't exist yet. So you go onto them and just like, put in your address, can't find the address. It's like, cool, let me enter it in manually. You can't just enter it in manually. What you have to do, I had to go through an FAQ of how to enter my address in manually. And it said, what you have to do is enter an incorrect address, select, the, select an address that's not yours. And then when it says, is this your address? You say no, and then you can enter it in manually. Like that's the actual website instructions on how to fix this problem. It's such a, like... This transcends countries as well, because the Americans have got lots of jokes about how people at the driving agency, whatever their version's called, Patty and Selma work there. There's yeah. the sloth character from Zootopia. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the DMV. I know DMV. Primus, the Primus have got a song about it. Yeah, because yeah, they're all slow, like ironically slow, like everyone's agreed. Oh, we're about broom, broom, go fast but let's be the slowest possible at our jobs. But like, so on top of that, I then had to enter in all of my details, right? So I put in my name, my old address, my car, um, my passport number, my driver's license number, my date of birth, all this sort of information. And at the end of it, it said, sorry, we cannot find you in the system. <laughs> and so I went back again, they went through the FAQ and it was like, make sure you put in your uh, middle name. And so I did, because I, it was just, it was like first name, surname, but in my first name bit, you have to put your first name and your middle name. And then I was like, oh yeah, now we found you. And like, so you, everything else, you couldn't, you were like, no idea who this is until I put in my middle name. And then you're like, oh, right, that Luke Owen, now I'm with you. We thought it was another Luke Owen with the exact same 20 digit randomized number off his passport unbelievable it was it was actually what it was getting me angry like i was i was shouting at the laptop because it was taking so long what is your middle name because there's a rumor floating around that it's danger <laughs> unfortunately it is not um it's stephen with a ph which is wow. the correct way to spell it why do you feel so strongly about that shouldn't it be up to the person how to spell their own name it's, it's actually just something I have from school because I had a friend at school that was called Stephen, but with a V. And so I used to just like, he, we would jokingly argue about who had the correct spelling. Louis Theroux's latest episode, his podcast, 
has his actor cousin justin <gasps> theroux really on. yeah i haven't listened to it i'm getting this as second hand knowledge and apparently they have an argument on air about how to pr pronounce theroux <laughs> louis louis family says it's theroux louis theroux but justin is justin theroux what no it's theroux well with again they're different families I guess so. And yeah, I suppose we just, we're only going by what Louis has told us. And Louis has been telling me it's Theroux for the last 20 mm. plus years. Sounds weird though, doesn't it? Theroux? Louis Theroux's weird weekends? No thanks, mate. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday with the AEW review. Excuse me. Uh, take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.